Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed, and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show, Toyota is right again. Ford news and rumors and differences in motor oil. All that and a whole much more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim right now on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident Carnot, and Timothy Pasquale. A poster to the stars, Tim. We're getting closer and closer to the big day. Yes, we are. How you uh, doing today, Bud? I'm doing great. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing So I got to ask you, did you clean? <laughs> After last week's segment we did on washing your, your engine, your cleaning your car engine, did you run right home and clean any of your car engines? No, I didn't open the hood of anything. You should have done the, the mat rack rod. Yeah, the, the rack rod. rod. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. You wouldn't I, have to open the hood on that. No, it doesn't have one. Yeah, but right. pressure washing that might it might disintegrate. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That thing is a beast. Yeah. So you've been on the tractor all weekend? Oh or? yeah, I always. Are, if it's the weekend, I'm on the tractor. Do you have a bunch of pine trees on your property? Just asking. I have some. Hmm. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got your Christmas tree yet, Bill? In the closet where I left it. <laughs> See, huh. you want a live tree. I. So you, you got, your, your Christmas tree is going to come out of the closet this year. Is that what no, you're saying? It's not. Oh, okay. I'm not doing any. I'm not, I'm not decorating. It's too much hassle for a single guy. Uh, the kids are coming for a free Christmas dinner at uh, Golden Corral, and that's it. They don't care if they see decorations or not. So I'm not going. Really? Yeah. Well, right. bring them, bring them out to the house and show them my neighbor's decorations. Just drive. There's by. some nice ones yeah. in the Gainesville area to yeah. drive around. It's very pretty. Is, is, does anybody have a, uh, now I know when they did the, the parade, tell us about the Christmas parade. That was a wonderful experience. That was a couple, couple, that was a week ago. A couple, a week ago last Sunday, yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay. And uh, was by, believe it or not, I've been here over 30 years. That was my first time marching with the, with the gang at the, the Christmas parade. You were marching? Well, I was on the float with Casey the Wonder Dog. Wow. But we had a wonderful time. About tens of thousands of people were out there lining the sidewalks. It was crazy. Yeah, the weather the, How many the weather kind of held out. It, it was did, yeah. It rained a little bit in the morning, but yeah. it was very nice and pleasant and enough cloud cover so it wasn't uncomfortable at all. And we had these wonderful 75th anniversary sweatshirts, and uh, cool. everybody was in great spirits. Bill Main, of course, did a great job emceeing and oh, got the crowd, awesome. crowd who, fired who up. The, who brought the eggnog? <laughs> I didn't get it in the eggnog, yeah, darn well, it. I was just thinking, yeah, everybody's in the spirit. Uh, what, I, what I was thinking was there was a uh, thing in the newspaper about the houses and the, the, you know, the, the history of the houses that were, being, that were decorated on Green mm-hmm. Street and all that. Yeah. It, does, is anybody doing a, a similar thing like that? As, like as a walking to, tour? Like a walking that tour. That was part of the festivities prior to the parade. They started everything at noon that Sunday, and people were able to go in, and they had some businesses that were opened up, and... Uh, like the fudge shop was open and oh, that's was cool. doing a brisk business. And some people had booths with food and drinks set up outside of the lawns. And it was really neat. Yeah. 
Sorry you missed it, bud. Well, we were trying to be two places at the same time. You need to put the Bud's Garage vehicle in the parade next year. Well, oh, we did yeah. it. We did it for the the summer parade. So. Well, you know, they're winter parades. I too. offered it, but the, the, I didn't. This is the first time you'd done a float. Yeah. And you know, the DHHR wouldn't pull a float, but I thought it. You know, might somebody might want to drive it behind or in front of. Or our float got second place oh, in the, in the judging deal. contest. Really? Yeah. 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 All right. So. Christmas car giveaway, Oakwood Tire and More, 3120 Atlanta Highway. It's, uh, they're giving the car away this Tuesday. So this being Saturday, you mm-hmm. better hustle on over there at least by Monday. Right. Uh, give them your uh, suggestion mm-hmm. for somebody that needs a, a worthy person that needs a car for, you know, to get them back, back, back up on their feet. Right. Or you could help, uh, you could help them with a, a visa card or something for gas or, you know, expenses on the car. Sure. So I'm, I'm working a couple angles on that. I'll let you know how it all works out. I ran us out of time last week, all right? So let, let's let's talk about something here. I want to review, all right? Okay. A few weeks ago, we had a segment about purchasing an EV. Uh, that w- was with Brian Moody from uh, autotrader.com and Kelly Blue Book. The next week, we talked about hybrids and plug-in hybrids. Then we had the report card last week uh, on EVs and hybrids. And uh, now I'm going to let Tim crunch the numbers for us. Uh, we got to go back to this Toyota. Not only Toyota, the company, but Mr. Toyota uh, is right again. Right. Of course he is. And, <laughs> and, and, and what they're saying here is that the total carbon effect that vehicles have on the planet. Yeah. And, and let's start with before you, before you start building the electric vehicle... Uh, of course, you have to have a battery in it. Right. And we just absolutely strip mine to get this lithium mm-hmm. and just just leave You're a disaster behind. Yeah. All of the mining and all that goes into creating the batteries. And then on the back end, what you have to do with the batteries to recycle them. Then the infrastructure that's required to charge these vehicles when you take that all into consideration correct it's more than like a 70s muscle car right instead of the life of the car instead of giving people a choice of electric vehicle or uh what do they call that ice uh internal 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 combustion which is either end of the spectrum if you go hybrid yeah, well, Toyota was the first with the hybrid, as me as far as just being in the the mainstream with the Prius. Right, and, and that was decades ago. When it comes to just the batteries themselves, they can build ninety hybrids with the same uh, materials yeah. that yeah. it takes to do one electric vehicle. So, and you can spread those hybrids out. Among t- that would take a lot of sales from uh, the internal combustion, which is more polluting. So you're you're cutting, as you say, cutting the footprint down. Yeah, because it's 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 worth mentioning that a lot of people don't consider the footprint. They're just considering you get the car and you plug it in and nothing comes out the tailpipe. All the pollution doesn't necessarily come out of the tailpipe. Right. It comes out of, you know, tailpipes that are out there getting the materials to build these cars and to ship them and to 
a lot of other things that factor in. So um, it's a very interesting artist. Got a lot lot of charts and graphs and stuff like that. But it's something that I I, uh, think you should take a look at. It's in Motor Trend, uh, the January 2024. Uh, Do your research before you get a hybrid electric vehicle or any of these. And when I say research, I mean research, not not what the salesman is necessarily telling you because there's a lot more behind it. Yes, there is. Um, Anyhow. I just thought that was worth mentioning. Well, I thought it was, too. Okay. If you, uh, the coolest car in the Motor Trend magazine that I saw, we did a thing about the uh, car of the year, uh, the Blazer SUV. Mm -hmm. I think the coolest car that they had in the magazine, the 2024 version, it's a 2025 car, is this new Lotus that's coming out. It is just, it is just way cool. It's called the, let me get the right word for it. I flipped my notes, my page over, and I lost it. Lotus EMEA. EMEA. I don't know what it means, but it is cool. It's a beautiful car. It is a beautiful car. A four-door sedan, Mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't look like any four-door you've ever seen. No, it doesn't. Uh, The only thing they forgot to mention was uh, price. Right, well. We're going to be 6,200 grand, I'm sure. I'm, I'm thinking we'll be over 100 with this car, I believe so. Check it out, 2025 Lotus EMEA. You know, just me personally, the... Uh, you like Lotuses. I, I love Lotus, but this takes it to the beyond the point where I would be interested. Okay. You know. All right. The Emira was the last uh, internal combustion. Oh, so this Lotus. is the EMEA. Hmm. Yeah. Need parts for your uh, classic Lotus? Where are you going? Well, you're not going to the muscle car experts at year one in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast. So if you miss any of this great information, you can go to Access WDUN, click the links, hit the buttons, and listen to the show at your convenience. That was very good. Uh, we'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Always here, always local. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and & More and Complete Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally backed, and happy to serve you. Okay, our next guest, Tim, is in charge of Ford News and Rumors. That would be Aaron Hughes from Green Ford. Aaron, welcome into Bud's Garage. Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. How are we doing? I, I like being in charge of rumors. I-, I didn't know I was in charge of that. I like that. <laughs> I like that intro. Well, well, so, hey, what's happening to Green Ford? Let us know here. Uh, you know, right now, we've got a lot of year-end uh, deals going on right now. Um, you know, the, the 23 Expeditions, they have huge money off on right now because the 24s are just coming out. Uh, the F-150s, we've got the 2.9 uh, for 72 interest rates, so that's super exciting in addition to having rebates, too. So, uh, oh, you got rebates got and 2.9s? rebates 2.9? and 2.9s. Oh, wow. There's, wow. there's a lot of real good, uh, real good deals going on right now. Now, used cars too. We got lots of big trade-in values, all kinds of stuff. We're having a good time out there. Oh, big! Get ready for values. the holiday. You need That's the right. big trade-in values because of the darn you interest do. rates. So yeah, the interest rates and the uh, you know just the cost of new vehicles. So uh, fortunately, trade-in market's been real good. So do you uh, do you see us going back any zero percent stuff? I would like to see it, um, well, just because I'm selling cars. So yeah, why? I, yeah, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see more cars go. Um, always, we you know we're we're. Uh, 
our job's not to keep them. Our job is to sell them. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. But, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, Federal Reserve rate as high as it is, the banks, uh, or, or especially the, the captive lenders like Ford and that, they still would have to buy it down if they're borrowing any money. Mm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but honestly, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think 2.9 is probably about as good as it's going to get. Um, but I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I wish I... My rumor, I've been hoping it, you know, if I'm in charge of rumors, I would say no. I oh, would okay. say no. Right, well. Okay, so Aaron, I, Hope was, I'm wrong. I was driving by the dealership the other day and I saw the two-door Bronco Sasquatch version oh, yeah. in the showroom. Yeah, the Sasquatch is the one that, you know, is, is lifted with the big tires and all that stuff. And the two-door is awesome. You know, oh, yeah. We've got a white, white two-door. I, I really like the two-door. You know, a lot of, obviously, sell a lot more four-doors just because it's more practical oh. for folks. But if, if you don't have... A bunch of people to haul around. The, the two doors are cool. Yeah. I just think it's cool. But when I it walked is, yeah. in and saw it in the showroom, I just, you know, I'm not a, I don't know that white's my favorite color. I like some of the pearl whites and things like that. But the white with the, the wheel combination and the gray accents and stuff that are on the Bronco to begin with, it all kind of blended together. Yeah, it's a good looking car. It really is. I, I'm the same way. I like it. Uh, well, I like having Broncos in the showroom anyway. The two doors are nice. But yeah, I, I th- cool. yeah, and I thought mistakenly, the Bronco that I drove was a four-door turbo, or a four, uh, four-cylinder turbocharged. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize you could get them with a two-point-seven twin can. turbo. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yeah, a right. twin turbo. Yeah, yeah. A twin twin turbo. Two no, of them. Four-cylinder supercharged. Is, is wow. it a four-cylinder turbo or supercharged? It's turbocharged. They're turbo. all turbos. They're all yeah, turbos. They're all okay. turbos. Yeah, the two-point-three is the same one that's in the Mustang. And can you get a three-zero also? Yes. You, yes. Is that twin turbo? Yes. Well, then you've got as much horsepower as a GT almost. You do, yeah. yeah. In a Bronco. Yeah. It wow. is cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're loaded with power. I mean, and I, full frame and all that and stuff. They're, they're nice vehicles. I was, I was tempted. You know, I got the Mach 1, but I was tempted between that and the pickup truck. Uh, well, I was surprised how well the two-door rides. It does. They really did a good job with them. And, you know, uh, you know, when you're dealing with, obviously, Jeep is the big competitor with them. But when you deal with those vehicles uh, or the old Broncos where you have Jeeps and Broncos that have the very flat front windshield, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times the buffer, buffering in the, in the, in the, or buffeting in the noise is, is loud. Um, and they really have done a good job of stopping that. Even with the soft tops, it's not a very loud right. vehicle. It, very, it really surprised me. They did a great job with it. Mm. Okay, well, you had your first uh, Mustang Dark Horse come in. We did. Came in and went. It did. <laughs> so yeah, we, we sold was it the, ordered uh, or it just came in and somebody jumped No, that was it. one we ordered for stock, and uh, we, obviously we had a lot, of, a lot of interest in them. There's not many of them out there right now, and they're a really neat car. I mean, and they're, they're nice. The new body style's nice. Um, the way they drive is nice. Uh, you know, they've re, re, kind of massaged the interior and that, changed it a little bit. And, and you're dealing with a 500 horsepower, you know, normally aspirated car, so it's easy to deal with. Yeah. That's and a so fun car to drive. A friend of mine is looking at an F-250, and he's a wanting to mm-hmm. get a gas engine. Yes. And he said that he saw some with a 68 and yes. some with the 7.3. Are they still building both of those? They motors? are still building both of those. Yeah, that's a little uh, a little bit confusing. Yeah, um, it is. They are, especially because they're not building as many of the 6.8s. So you're seeing mm-hmm. more of the 7.3s. But, yes, you can get both engines. Okay. And obviously the 7.3 is. 6.8, that's a that's a overhead cam engine, right? Or is it a push the, ride? The 6.8 is an overhead cam engine. Yeah. And the 7.3 is, is a push ride. Yeah. So that's which, a Godzilla one, Godzilla push which ride engine do you feel like is the better choice? That's a really kind of a loaded question there because, you know, I like the pushrod engine. I know mm-hmm. it has a, has a little more grunt to it, um, but obviously there's there's more moving parts. 
So, um, you know, the, the Godzilla engine is, is, has been just outstanding and wonderful. Uh, my only concern would be, uh, as with any pushrod engines, I mean, you guys have worked on a lot of motors. Yeah. I mean, you, when you're dealing with lifters and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it can get, it can get tricky. Well, it's got it's got less you know it's got less moving parts when you factor in timing chains and cams and well that's else. I mean that's true too you know so, so it's you a know, difference it's just, between the two I guess yeah. different moving parts Dif- okay. different things to wear out uh, the Godzilla motor I think is a great motor um, but really we, we the six eight we we never really had any problems with the no six problem. eight either no. hmm. so and the other thing was uh, he saw one that had a manual locking hubs. You can still get manual locking hubs on. I did not know they existed you on the planet. Absolutely can. You can still get them on on the Super Duties oh. in Ford. Yep, Way absolutely. Cool. That is crazy. Yeah, if you if you want to get out of your truck and lock the hubs and do all that, good for you. Well, <laughs> you and can still get them. What yes. he's trying to determine is where's right. where's the best value right in the truck. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I mean that's such a tough question. People have such different needs for for different things. And my opinion is if you're towing something, you need a diesel motor is what you need. Really? The, the diesel just tows. It's just the torque, and when you're pulling anything of, of a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm towing something small, I can probably tow it with an F-150. So, so for me, that's kind of my view on it. Um, but we do have, you know, we do have people that instead of having an F-150, if they're towing, say, an 8,000-pound something, mm-hmm. uh, they don't want an F-150, so they'll go with a 250. And in that case, the gas engine's a real good way to go if you're not pulling it very often. Um, of course, they're using the 7.3 motor in a lot, and most of the gas motorhome platforms right now. Right. Yeah. So you're seeing package, a lot of that, yeah. too. It's much easier to package, yeah. and it is a very good, reliable motor, and it does have a good bit of torque. Now, last time you were in here, you said that you could sell the heck yes. out of uh, a, a hybrid Mach-E. So I want yeah, to ask they you. They don't make right. those, by the way. All right. <laughs> I know, but how about the Mach-E rally version that was unveiled at SEMA? Okay, now this is where you guys uh, trick me pretty hard here. Because uh, the Mach-E, obviously, is an all-electric, all uh, really a crossover vehicle. Um, now they have a rally version. And as you guys know, how popular rally is here in the U.S., not at all. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I may, it may be spectacular. It's more in, of an off-road Britain. version, it I would say. Yeah, basically, it's a couple inches taller. I think, what, 20 millimeters or yeah. something like this. So it's a couple inches taller vehicle. Um, you know, has a little bit bigger tires. Uh, same horsepower as the GT, which the, the GT is a rocket. If you've ever driven one, I mean, oh, yeah. it's one of oh, the fastest yeah, yeah, cars yeah. Yeah. I've ever driven. And, yeah. and with that linear, uh, you know, acceleration, it, it's very, it's, if you haven't driven some of these electric cars, whether it's the Fords or the Teslas or whoever, I mean, the, te- the electric cars are rockets. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I, I don't see where there's a huge demand for this particular vehicle. Right. But, but I, you know what? It came out at SEMA, so there must be a demand somewhere for it. But, man, if it was a hybrid. If it were a hybrid, um, I still wouldn't take it off-road. But, yeah, <laughs> it'd be a great on-road vehicle, I think. Yeah, it would. Yeah. All right, well, you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned the – I just want to hit this real quick – you got a couple supercharging kits that are coming out for the we do. Dark Horse yeah. Mustang and for the uh, Ford truck like I have with the Coyote in it. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know, want to get into all the details. I know. But, we, uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but I'm always, uh, you know, I always kind of get the notes ahead of time and kind of have a little idea what we're going to talk about, but I never know how it's going to go. And I, honest to God, thought the entirety of this video or this uh, segment would be talking about superchargers. And instead, we're talking about electric cars and, and, uh, and rumors. So yeah. uh, okay. anyway, I th- I'll tell you what, I think the deals on the, uh, the kits are awesome. And I, I love that it's With actually factory warranty. Yeah. Factory Absolutely. warranty. How can folks factory learn warranty. more about... 
what's going on and and maybe getting supercharged <laughs> to get supercharged. Get, get supercharged. Uh, get, check out greenford.net or give us a call at 770-532-5620 or even better stop by Green Ford at 2365 on Browns Bridge Road and we'd love to see you uh, this whole holiday season or anytime thereafter. Perfect. All right, we'll be right back here, Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550, FM 102.9, WDUN. Always here, always local. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, brought to you by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and More. From first responders to daily drivers, the parts, tires, and repairs for what our town drives. Well, Tim, our next guest was at a car show. Um, This was their third one they've done at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta, a few weeks ago. And that would be Greg James. He is the founder of the Law Enforcement Organization. And uh, we had a great time at the show, but I invited him to come back in after the show to give us kind of an update on you know, what was accomplished at the show, and then tell us more about his organization. So we're, we're going to start out with a, a few questions about that. Greg James, welcome into Bud's Garage. Hey, Greg. Hey, thank you for having me. Okay, so when and where and why did the law enforcement organization start? So I was in law enforcement for over 10 years uh, with Forsyth County here in Georgia. And when I got out of law enforcement, it was mainly due to the decline in the political environment around the professions. Um, it had changed from the time that I entered in 2007 until 2016. And so I was at an age to where I could kind of step away and create a second career, but I still wanted to stay involved with law enforcement and help the, the men and women out that, that needed the help. So after law enforcement, I went overseas to work for the Department of Defense and the Department of State in the Middle East. And while I was there, I decided to start a nonprofit and kind of keep it a grassroots level so that we could honestly say that 100% of the donations that come in go directly back out. And so the platform was that I would cover all of the overhead costs, and that way we could transparently tell people that every cent they donate goes directly to the cause. The reason for this was there's there's countless numbers of nonprofits out there in the law enforcement sector, and unfortunately they're not all up to the same, um, I guess, code of ethics and standards. And so a lot of those donations are, are kind of skimmed. There's certain percentages that go for other causes that weren't necessarily intended for. And so I wanted to kind of bypass that and create a true grassroots organization that actually did good versus just saying that they did good. Um, and so that's kind of where it started when I was overseas. And when I came back home in 2019, that's when I received the 501c3 uh, certification from the federal government and from the state of Georgia and kind of hit the ground running from there. And I think once people saw what we were doing and, and the good that we could do in a, a small capacity like that, a more focused approach, um, it, it pretty much went viral and, and broke out from there. Um, so that's kind of the, the formation of it in a nutshell there. Good deal. Well, Greg, tell us about how the law enforcement organization, what it does for the police officers. Yeah, so my biggest focus right now, and obviously these are stages, um, I would love to grow this to the point where we can still manage the stages, but I don't want to do so in fact in a manner that um, we grow too fast and only dedicate for example, 10% to each division, and then each division only gets 10% effort. I want to focus 100% on what we're currently doing, which is focusing on the life-changing events. Um, now, those can be anything from, from the, the perspective of an officer being killed in the line of duty, uh, being shot and injured in the line of duty so, to the point where they're now disabled and need to remove themselves from law enforcement for medical reasons, 
um, PTSD and mental issues have forced them to, to exit the profession, um, terminal illnesses, house fires, and so forth. So these are life-changing events that are unexpected and in a profession that just very honestly does not get paid what they, they deserve. Um, these are individuals that when, when these changes come up, it, it's life-altering and um, trying to navigate those uncharted waters is extremely difficult without the financial assistance and support from the public. Um, so that's primarily where we focus right now. Um, and our most recent case was Deputy Neil Holtzclaw of the Hall County Sheriff's Office. Um, his, his wife and two children were tragically killed in a car accident. Um, and so this is something that it affected him personally and professionally in the sense that he was no longer able to conduct his duties in a normal way in law enforcement due to trauma that he experienced. Um, he just couldn't see himself responding to similar calls in the future that he was so closely related to. Um, so it's had to pull him out of the profession that he loves and that he knows, and he's kind of set back at ground zero to figure out what he's going to do. Um, so we were able to host a fundraiser for him and deliver two very significant checks to him. Um, and I'll kind of give you a quote that, that he gave me the other day. He said, Greg, when, when, when this happened, this was this life changing. My entire world was, was taken from me in, in a split second. And after things had kind of settled down, I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I just didn't know if that light was sunlight or a train headed straight for me. Um, right. he, he said when he received those checks, that let, let him know that it was not a train and that it was sunlight, and he did have options and he did have a future. And, and he said that if it wasn't for that, he would not be here today. Yeah, and so folks, that's the impact that our donors have. Yeah, well, and, and folks don't don't realize, you know, he went back to the house. We we had talked earlier about this. He went back to the house, opened the door, and saw his kids' toys. Closed the door and it never went went back. And this was a new house. They had they had just exactly. you know built and now they had you know he had to put it on the market and he had to deal with the the emotional drama and all that. Uh, you know, you guys go out there, guys and gals, you go out there and you are amped up. You know, you're chasing somebody maybe or you're you see a terrific, horrific scene, uh, you know, like the the accident you're referring to. Tell us a little about about your own personal experience and how it affected you for nearly a year because it was a year of uncertainty for you. Yeah. So so when I was in, I was in a, a lot of proactive units, which are criminal interdiction, drug interdiction. I was on SWAT for six years. And so being in those roles it kind of forces you to the front of the lines um, in the sense that whenever something bad breaks out, our, our units were typically the first ones on scene. Um, and th- there's a couple of them I'll kind of bring up. The first one was in 2014. It was an active shooter at the courthouse in Forsyth County, and there were over 300 rounds exchanged with that individual. Oh, and this was a, a, a wow. Tuesday morning at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and so it was just completely unexpected. Um, so that, that takes a toll on you and going through normal life. And then the other one that we spoke about on the phone, um, I believe it was yesterday, I was involved in a high-speed pursuit um, across county lines. The, the suspect, he wrecked out in the process of trying to get him out of the vehicle. He decided to start fighting. Well, in that fight, he pulled out a knife and ended up stabbing me. Well, in the process of stabbing me, he cut his own hand. And later we found out that he had full-blown HIV and AIDS. So for a year, I knew that our blood had mixed. I knew that I was exposed to it. But it, take, it can take up to a year for HIV to incubate in your system and show positive. So I had to live for a year going to the infectious disease doctors and taking tons of pills and oh, every shot you can think of in the stomach and just not knowing. And so I spent a year of my life completely sick as if I was on chemo and still had to work a normal schedule in that process going through it, just not knowing at the end of that if I had AIDS or not. And so that, that's just one of the, the side effects of, of doing what we do because you don't always have the time and the, the privilege to – to put gloves on when you're when you're dealing with situations like that. Wow. So it's just 
Those uh, situations come out of the blue and are completely unexpected. Oh, absolutely. How much money have you been able to raise since you started the organization to help out fellow officers? So when I started it in 2017, the first two years were a what I call our admin window for establishing the 501c3 and certifications and so forth. Um, and so about 2019, end of 2019 is when we really hit the ground running. And so far, it's been $1.6 million that's come in, and $1.6 million has also gone out to those same officers. Because like I said, I don't pull a salary from it. We don't have any, any paid staff on the board. Everyone has volunteer status, and we individually cover the overhead so that we, we can transparently tell people 100% of what comes in goes right back out. How many officers have you been able to assist over the, the three years that this has been going? That's a, that's a really tough question to answer. Um, financially, we, we've got 15 different individual, um, what I would call significant fundraisers, um, but we also have a countless number to where we've been able to provide resources such as therapists and, and things and so forth for mental health and PTSD issues and, and stuff like that. Um, we also have individuals that reach out to us and whether they be a, a hunting guide or they own a cabin in hell or, or something like that, mm-hmm. they'll donate their services or their facilities for us to allow someone who just experienced a loss like, like Neil Holtzclaw right. to use their facilities to, to get away and just kind of decompress and, and heal in, in, in those times. So it's it's truly been countless since I started. I wish I had a solid number for you, but it's, it, a it lot. is pretty significant. <laughs> yeah. A lot, that's for sure. Hey, Greg, how can folks learn more and contribute? Yeah, so we are on social media. Um, if you go on Facebook, it's just Georgia Law Enforcement with the blue check mark. And then the webpage is georgialeo.org for georgialeo.org. Um, on that website, there's several different case studies that, that we've done that, that kind of break down the, the percentage of officers who get injured in the line of duty, killed in the line of duty, all the different effects of mental health and PTSD that, that, that fall on law enforcement throughout their careers. Because when typically when someone calls 911, that's the worst day of their lives. Right. And officers go to 10 to 15 calls just like that every single day. Wow. And so not only is that person experiencing it, but the officers experience that 10 to 15 times every single day. So the things that they see throughout their career, they there's the ability to kind of catalog it and kind of compress it and push it to the back of your mind, but eventually they, they do surface and they do come back up. So there are certain smells and sounds that, that trigger those things later on in life yeah. that they have to try, to try to navigate through. Okay. Well, Greg James, law enforcement organization founder, uh, you know, thank you for your work. Uh, Keep it up, and anything we can do to help you, we certainly will. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us here at Bud's Garage. Thanks, Greg. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Always here, always local. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Well, Tim, one of the things I get asked all the time uh, being on the show here with you is, what's it like to work with Tim? Nah, not really. Uh, But one of the things I do get asked uh, when folks find out that you and I are on a radio show is, what kind of oil should I be buying? What kind of oil should I be using? How should I check my oil? What kind of, you know, all of these things that uh, 
it's the lifeblood of your car. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to go into the science of oil today. You know, we have zero weight oils now. We have synthetics. We have synthetic blends, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And we've talked about the differences in oil, but it's worth revisiting because it changes so, so frequently. Right. Synthetic oil, as I've explained a couple times on the show, let's imagine that we've pumped oil out of the ground, the crude oil. Okay? Yes. And the molecules are various sizes. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, molecules the size of a cue ball and molecules the size of a marble, okay? Okay. And the, the whole room is full of them, mm-hmm. okay? And you start sorting them out. The smaller molecules are what the, the more perfect molecules are the ones that become synthetic oil. Okay. Okay. The other ones, uh, you know, it, it com- becomes conventional oil because you've got to remember when you take crude out of the ground, You've got minerals and stuff in it, as well as the oil itself. And some of that never really gets filtered out of the oil. You've always got a little bit of that, uh, you know, those, those things in the oil. Mm-hmm. But the finer the molecules are, the better the oil has been refined, and the better it is for your engine. Okay. Now, I've always been like a Mobile One fan. Yeah. Okay, because of the aircraft ratings and stuff on Mobile One. But now everybody makes synthetic oil. Mm-hmm. It's the, very confusing when you go to the store to buy oil. And it is. And the, the only way that you can really get a handle on it is to look at your owner's manual. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to understand what zero viscosity is. If they tell you to use it in your engine, you know, zero, zero dash 20, yeah. zero W20, there's a reason for it. Right. It involves the mechanics, the cam followers, the tolerances, all the stuff that's in the oil. Remember, the oil never wears out. It's the additive package that wears out. So whatever oil you get, always recycle it because it can always be reconstituted, if you will, and be usable. Now, another question I get asked about with oils is if I've got an oil temperature gauge, and a lot of your modern cars now allow you to scroll scroll to see the different uh, temperatures of the transmission oil, the, Mm -hmm. the engine oil, that type of thing, typically... Your oil is going to be 35, I mean, we're talking street cars now, 35 to 40 degrees hotter than your engine oil. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It differs with rear ends and transmissions depending on what type of rear end or transmission is in your car and what type of car it is, obviously. So if you're you know, concerned about that, there are coolers and stuff you can put on it. But the point I'm making is if you run your engine too cold, like if you're one of these folks, I've done it, where you have a 160-degree thermostat in your car, the engine oil never quite gets to the temperature that it needs to be to burn all the moisture out of it. Okay, so, and they're saying that's about 212 yeah, degrees. 212, they're saying, you know, 212 is with a 15-pound cap. That's, you know, you're up in the 250s as far as boiling over, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So you have to forget the, you know, water boiling at 212. 210, 212. One of those. I'm talking about engine oil temperature. Yeah, I'm talking about water temperature. Okay. Okay, so your water temperature, you know, and your oil temperature are tied together mm-hmm. as far as how hot the engine's getting. If you get much above 250, you get in the 275 range, yeah. then you're coking the oil. And what's happening there is it, you're getting, like, dry spots in it, and eventually you're just burning the oil. Like they used oh. to show the, the commercial with the frying pan. Oh, and yeah, it. right. Um, coking is one thing that happens if you've got a turbo car. Mm-hmm. And you don't use the right oil in it. The turbos, you know, will often spin at ten or twenty thousand RPM, and if they don't, if they're not coated with oil when you shut them off, the bearings, 
they will instantly coke the oil that's on them because they get so hot. That's why they always recommend on diesel engines that are turbocharged to allow the engine to idle for a few minutes before you shut it all the way down. And you should do the same with a turbo car. You should, you yeah. know, you should, you know, let it idle down and flood the bearings at, mm. at low RPM before you shut the engine off. Right. Oil pressure is not the king. It's oil volume that you need as far as lubricating properly. Mm-hmm. You know, having a million pounds oil pressure doesn't. It doesn't help you if there's nothing in there to. That's right. To and do. and it's like it's like when you wash your car. Let's say the whole hood of your car is covered with soap. Yeah. All right. And you take you take your so, your uh, water nozzle and you put it on jet Mm. you hit the soap and it blows it off the hood and and blotches same thing happens with too much oil pressure it instead of getting on the bearings and coating them it blows off the bearings you got dry spots on the bearings and stuff like that so it's it's a it's a delicate balance if you will now one thing i was wondering and we need to do our homework on this pens oil has Mm -hmm. been advertising their oil is Refine from natural gas. From natural gas, right. I, I saw that. So we need to find out a little bit more about that process so I can give you a report back mm-hmm. on the natural gas refined oil. But here is what I found in the end of this. Okay. When you, the reason of why would you use um, synthetic, synthetic as yeah. opposed to regular oil when the excursion had to come apart at 260,000 miles because a... Uh, piston had melted because the injector we had an injector issue that flooded one cylinder and right. burned up a piston yep. when he took it apart he says well this engine is not hurt because we have maintained it well and used synthetic oil and even with that one problem they were able to sleeve that one cylinder and put a new piston in it and the rest of the engine was still good i was going to say i've taken a lot of engines apart that have run on uh, synthetic you know especially racing stuff mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard to measure the differences in uh, wear on some of these engines right now we're talking engines that have proper lubrication system don't typically you know run at low speeds mm-hmm. and idle and things like that that sure really driving a street car is much harder on your engine than it is on a, on a properly maintained race car Plus, the race cars all had engine oil coolers, and that's the next subject I want to get into here, Bud's Garage on North Georgia's new stock, WDUN, oil coolers. Oil coolers, and as I was looking at this article that you sent me, this can get very confusing with these oil coolers on how many tubes and their configuration and where you place them for the air to go across them, and are they cooling too much or not cooling enough, and some of them have thermostats in them so that they can close and open properly to keep that oil temperature. I mean, that's, there's a lot to that. The only reason I could see for installing an engine cooler, you know, on the street, is mm-hmm. you're towing, you got a high-performance engine, and, uh, yeah, the, the, it could, the plumbing can be a nightmare on some of them because you got to put the... It's actually like a small radiator, if you will. Yeah. It's, it's composed differently as far as how it's built. It's built to take high pressure. You can't take like a heater core and make it an oil cooler. I got Because you. you might have 50, 60, 70 pounds of oil pressure. Uh, you know, your, your heater's got 15 pounds of pressure right. on it. So you got you to be careful uh, when you're doing this. And they also make some oil coolers that are like tubular well, not tubular. They're, they're cylindrical shape, mm-hmm. and they have fins on them. You'll see that a lot of times on motorcycles or, or smaller engines, stuff like that, right. to, to radiate the heat off them. The coolers that we're talking about, like they use on a race car, actually move air through them, so it acts like a radiator. Mm-hmm. You know, the heat is picked up, 
and you have cold air going through it. And they're plumbed with AN lines, high, high, uh, you know, high tension lines or high pressure lines, and, uh, and they're designed to do a specific job. So if you're if you're going to do this, if you're going to do a, an oil cooler on your car or a transmission cooler, or a rear gear cooler, which is also doable on a, on a vehicle, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing all, you know heavy, moving heavy equipment and stuff like this. Yeah. All of this gives you so much more life combined with the right oils that uh, you know you can double the life of your engine and some of your gearboxes and stuff by doing this properly. So do your research on it. Never put a cooler anywhere where road debris can get at it. If you know if air isn't coming through it, it's not working. Right. You can you know you need to get a cooler that's got a fan mounted on it. You see that on a lot of uh, drag race cars and stuff like that. The coolers in the back with a fan on it. I've seen that on tractor trailers where they have a small fan and a, a little radiator on the back cooling something. Oh yeah. And uh, so do your research. It will help you get more life and mileage out of the car. Right, now, one of the things you want to do is be sure, be sure to check your owner's manual to make sure you're using the right kind of oil, the right amount of oil, the right filter, and all the related things that go with it. Uh, because times they have changed, and so have engines. I mean, and the you know, oils that we wouldn't think of running way back when is what you need to run now, and stuff we used to run then, you don't want to run now. Remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up. We'll see you next week right here at Bud's Garage on AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN, always here, always local. <laughs>